What's up, everyone, and welcome to Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. I'm John, and as always, I'm joined by Nate. Nate, how's it going, brother? Pretty good. Great to be up today. Beautiful day. <laughs> so today, Nate, we have an awesome guest. I think everybody's really excited we, to hear this one. We, we have do. We have Ken Feaster Etchison. Uh, Ken is owner of Odeon Ranch, where he raises uh, sables. And has gone back to his roots by adding in a token Nubian, just like he had when he was a 4 H'er. What was that, 40 years ago now, Ken? Pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ken has also entered a new partnership with Taffy Mercer, which we'll get into soon. Ken is also the current president for the American Dairy Goat Association, part of many committees, and believe it or not, does have a normal life with a normal job outside of dairy goats. How you find time, I, I just don't understand. Uh, welcome to the show, Ken. Well, thank you, John. Thank you, Nate. <laughs> nice, to, nice to be here with you today. Good, good to have you. <clears throat> so we, I, I, I obviously did some research before we got going on uh, asking you to join our podcast. And I saw that you mentioned in your front page how you started a new uh, partnership. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. So basically, um, my my dear friend Taffy Mercer, who I adore, she um, was bidding on a on a, a sable that Clissy had donated for a good friend of mine that was having some. Her husband was having some health issues, so they're mm-hmm. having a fundraising auction. So she contacted me. Um, she wanted to help out. But she obviously isn't at the point where she wanted to start breeding and milking, and she's had she's had minis before, um, mm-hmm. and currently has a few pack goats, but not full fledged dairy where she's milking twice a day. Right. But she contacted me to see if I would be interested in in going in with her and, and taking care of the animals, and um, that's kind of where it started. Awesome. And speaking of where it started, can you kind of give us a little elevator pitch? on uh, you as a your life with dairy goats and and how that came to be okay that could take up the whole hour <laughs> well <laughs> oh goodness so so i started in 4-h um back in the early 80s my my best friend had moved to a small town about 30 minutes away mm-hmm. and his parents had got him started in dairy goats and i went to go visit for the weekend and it was during their fair and i helped him show one of his nubian kids and the kid I was showing got first place. And back then it was a $5 prize. And they let me keep the prize money for helping. And oh, wow. I told them, go ahead and keep it as a deposit on the goat. And then I called my parents and told them I had just bought a goat. <laughs> and that's kind of <laughs> where it started. <laughs> and how did they take that? <laughs> uh, not very well, actually. My dad was a you know old-time cattle farmer and... Was not impressed about having a goat. And we lived in town. We had an acre right in town. Um, mm-hmm. Was not impressed. But he said, you know what? If you want it, it's yours. But you have to take care of it. And throughout my entire 4-H career, my parents only helped with chores one time when I had pneumonia in high school. So oh, wow. it was, I was expected to do all the milking, all the feeding. Um, they they paid for food, obviously, when I was young. But mm-hmm. um, right. yeah, it was my project. I had to take care of it. That's awesome. You know, personally, I think that's the best way to support a 4-H is to, is to have them be fully involved in it. I mean, I've seen a lot of 4-H family and youth, youth exhibitors where mom and dad basically did everything with the animal, and then the kid threw the show weights on and dragged it in the show ring. Right. Uh, I think doing the work you know, yourself, you get uh, more ownership of that animal, you know right. it better, and and that's my personal belief. You know, my, my kids are having to do hay with me, so um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely full of a lot of life lessons. And you, so you had you started out with Nubian. How long did you breed the Nubian before you uh, Nubians before you you moved on into Sables? Okay, so I had Nubians all through my childhood, and my mom had some Toggenbergs as well. So growing okay. up, I, I showed both. So you, you got her into it? I did, yeah. It started with me, and then after a while, I would. she wanted a Nubian, and I wouldn't let her have one. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mom, my, I don't think you're ready. My, 
<laughs> and my 4-H leader had togs, so she ended up being a tog for my 4-H leader. Cool. So I had Nubians through the 90s, and then when I met my my now husband, um, he fell in love with La Manchas. So we took a little brief detour in the 90s with La Manchas. A good friend of mine, Shirley Hooper of the Lubov herd, sold out, and mm-hmm. we ended up buying the majority of her herd, um, including a, an Oberhosley, Sunland Irish Desire, which was a Colorama kid back yep. in there. We ended up having her for a while. And then um, from the La Manchas, we actually in the late 90s, we took a break from goats. We wanted to adopt and have a family. So we mm-hmm. did some foster care for a while. So we had actually 19 foster kids from oh, wow. 1997 through 2004 or five-ish. So we did foster care and then adopted our son in 2004. And then got back into goats. (laughs) Was he he one of the foster children? Um, Well, he he was in the foster care system. We actually got him as a pre-adoptive placement, but we had to foster for a year. We always do that to make sure that it's going to be a good fit. My brother did the same thing with his wife. Yeah. So we actually, back in 2004, had Nigerians. So got back in with Nigerians, raised those for about... 10 years. And then um, a good friend of mine, um, Shannon Lloyd, thought I should have a sable. So she (laughs) found a way to have me end up getting a little sable doling that I absolutely fell in love with so much that I reached out and asked if I could buy her dam, which was um, grand champion Talachi Selma, who who I did very well with. And um, Love Selma and her daughter Sterling so much that I decided to sell the Nigerians and save my back in the show ring. <laughs> <laughs> Why I'm doing I'm currently in the same process. Yeah, and literally, <laughs> you know, I love my Nigerians and I was one of the first people in the Treasure Valley who had them. So, you know, I had to me and my good friend Kim Moore, I, I ended up getting her into them and we were the ones that had to sit for three years on display at the fair. Until we uh, could start else, exhibiting, yeah. so yeah, which I end up having to do with sables as well. <laughs> <laughs> so does that mean you're going to get uh, some golden Guernseys and and continue that tradition? No, I actually had I had <laughs> I had two Guernseys a few years back, um, very briefly. Love the goats; they're very nice, but I just didn't want to put that much energy into yet another new breed. So yes, yeah, yeah, that's definitely. Uh... And they're hard to find. We actually, <laughs> here in Idaho, we have some really nice Guernseys. Oh, yes, you do. You do. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm so aware. Uh, we're actually talking about getting some British Guernseys, and uh, we're looking at the, in Idaho right now. But, some okay. Guernseys. Yep. Yes. Guernseys. I, I, I spoke with, with uh, a breeder down from Pennsylvania. It had it explained to me that actually... British Guernsey is trademarked. Yes. Yeah. As, so, as, is, as is Golden Guernsey. So, right. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. what, will, what will be the purebred sort of Guernsey will be Guernsey. Correct. And then they'll yeah. have the same American sort of status. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Just to clarify for our listeners <laughs> and for each other. I know Ken knows, but mainly for John and I, I think. <laughs> so you i as i'm reading your your website which by the way you have beautiful sables thank you uh, i like that a lot of sables you see don't have the body capacity that they should and all that good stuff but yours definitely do um but i also saw that your herd is off-site it is uh, as you put it so what are the challenges of being away from your herd when they're off-site so you know you're not there, obviously. Right. So yeah. this is like, the, when I was younger, actually, I managed a commercial dairy and my goats were at the dairy and I lived offsite. So it's not like it's an arrangement I'm not that familiar with. Um, mm-hmm. It would not, the only way I could do it now is where they're at. You know, my, my dear friend, Kimberly Moore, Thunder Ridge Nubians, we've shown together for years. We traveled to, to many shows together long distance, have very similar mm-hmm. management styles. 
So it made it pretty easy um, to have my animals there. Just because I know how they're being managed. I I don't have to worry about how they're being fed, what they're being fed, you know, are they being, how often they're being milked, all that, all those details. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, but it's still, the one challenge is, you know, anytime it's not your farm. So if you want to bring in more animals, you know, you have those conversations um, to make sure that they're okay with it as well. I always want to respect the fact that, you know, it's not my farm. So I appreciate she allowing me to have him there. That's kind of a win-win for both mm-hmm. of us. Her husband, um, before his health issues, he was working outside of the area. So Kim was home alone a lot during the weekend. So, you know, it mm-hmm. allows me to be there to help clean barn and do some of the manual labor on the farm. That, that's yeah. awesome. That's... My uh, cousin, my one cousin has a dairy. We actually had her on the podcast a couple weeks ago. And my other cousin, uh, who's younger, has her goats at her dairy. And it's kind of the same situation where she helps chip in. Um, her goats aren't part of the working dairy herd, but they're in the barn. So you, very similar situation. Yeah, I think it just shows that, you know, Ag is made <clears throat> up of a bunch of different type of breeders. And, you know, oh, for yeah, sure. and that's kind of the awesome thing about it is there's, there's room for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very versatile. So we mentioned that partnership. Uh, we started out with the two Sable kids. Um, what are the give and takes when it comes to having partnership? And I'm kind of intrigued in this because, as I said, we're starting to look into getting Guernseys. And, and I've had some people, hey, Michael Binion, uh, reach out to me <laughs> and, uh, we know and listening. <laughs> talk, about, talk about a partnership. Um, not that we are going to do it, but. Uh, so what are the challenges when you, when you have something like that laid out? One, I think you need to be realistic and you need to have everything documented. I mean, Taffy and I are really good friends and I trust her explicitly and she trusts me explicitly, but we both felt, Mm -hmm. you know, we need to have clear contracts, you know, that these are the terms, you know, if, if, if an animal dies, what happens? If, you know, if we want to sell an animal, what happens? How does that work? How does that money Mm -hmm. get divided up? Um, you know, Taffy mainly wanted to help the fundraiser. So she, yeah, right. she, you know, she's always said she's more of the silent partner and I have full control over how the animals are being bred. Um, you know, if there's an animal, I don't think, you know, when they freshen in the spring of one, I don't think is up to par to keep. Um, I just had that conversation with her and she's already said, you know, you decide what you want to do and I'll be okay with it. But if that time comes right. out of respect, I'm going to have that conversation with her. And, you know, <laughs> so she's aware, you know, she's still, I want her involved in the partnership as well. So just communicate. I think that's it. I think with any, anything you do with animals, um, with livestock, communicate, you know, with buyers and sellers, yeah. have that conversation. I think that's really the, yeah. that would solve a lot of issues yeah. I see with members yeah. of NADGA if people would just communicate more and document things. And that's the truth. It, I mean, amen. I, yeah. I had a conversation, I had a conversation with my wife a couple days ago saying, you know, we don't look forward to showing the Nigerians. Why do we have them? And and it kind of just evolved into everything that is transpiring. But it's uh, we both realized, well, you're not enjoying them as much as I thought you were. You're not enjoying them <laughs> as much as I thought you were. So let's let's uh, just kind of dissolve it. And you know, she gets to keep her first go ever, which is a Nigerian and. The others move on. Yeah, but it's it's definitely open conversations are are definitely a plus. <laughs> How are you supposed to know what the other person's thinking? Right, right. And <laughs> even with you know you know over my my tenure in Atka, I've seen many member complaints against other members, and you know a lot of those things could have been resolved if people would have just taken the time to start communicating yes. earlier in the process or document right. things. Mm-hmm. Or you know I've seen so many just talking to friends with goats who have had you know say you know issues with buying and selling animals where they've had these unwritten agreements that either were forgotten or one person decided you know they didn't feel the need to uphold wherever would have been documented you know it probably resolved mm-hmm. a lot of the hard feelings i think that's probably the best sticking point is you gotta have it documented i really mm-hmm. i agree um now do you see that kind of uh complaints like uh kind of nose diving and, and not being as relevant these days now that everybody has cell phones 
Um, you still you still do because you have people who just don't communicate. Even with cell phones, they yeah. don't. You know, they'll they'll be upset and they'll hold a grudge and they they'll mm-hmm. they'll complain to other people, but they don't really voice their concern to the person that it needs to go to. Yeah, to the source. yeah. right. I mean, I I, I yeah. have a a couple friends here, and I I won't go into details where mm-hmm. I can see the writing on the wall, but if they would just communicate with each other and I, you know, from the outside party, it's not my place to intervene, but right. you know, so many hurt feelings could be resolved if they just spoke up. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I see it as a new member. I've already seen it and it's not personally, but as an outsider looking in and it's tough to see. Yeah. <laughs> as, as many of our listeners know, um, you're the current ADGA president. Yes. What has been the most challenging thing regarding COVID that you haven't had to deal with in the past uh, this year? Oh, so, well, okay. Uh, it's COVID. You know, how do we, <laughs> I think I pretty much, <laughs> Wait, pretty much covered it. The question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So for example, for this year, you know, um, last year, national show was canceled. This year, you know, mm-hmm. as president, how how do we put on a national show that's safe? You know, what what will that yeah. look like? What might we have to change to make sure we can have have you know an event that everybody loves to attend and watch and be part mm-hmm. of, but make sure that we're keeping our members, our judges, and our staff safe as well. You know, exactly. a, a praise. I mean, everything. I mean, you know, there's just so many unknowns, and even though you know we hope we're at the end of it. And now that vaccinations yeah. look like they're going to be happening, you know, they are happening and hopefully will happen to the, yeah. the general population. Maybe things will get a lot better, but there's still a lot of unknowns as a registry. You know, we've had, we've had members who have lost their jobs. We've had members who aren't working as much, you know, mm-hmm. that all of that unknown, how would that affect Abga's bottom dollar um, is always concerning as well. But luckily, things right. you know, we've been able to to do well as an association. Um, you know, we we had to make some some calls that weren't popular as far as you know canceling appraisal and canceling national show and convention, which is one of my personal favorites. But yep. you yeah. know, we do what we have to do to keep everybody safe. So for sure, and I think the most unique thing about this is, yeah, it's COVID, but it's also. With each state, it's yes. different. It's always a moving part right. for each it state. Is. So it's hard to even, it's hard to plan for the future when everything's still moving like a like a watch. Right. You know, it's just every part is still moving. And, and I hats off to you guys because it's got to be just super frustrating. It's, it is. <laughs> well, it's challenging because then you have people who, yeah, I mean, just as a, and I don't want to get into politics, but you have the whole. Yeah, you're not, you know, no, we tried to is, stay away. Is COVID real? Is COVID not real? You have those two extremes. Oh, so right. you can, no matter what decision you make, you're not making someone happy. So, right, right. Well, yeah, somebody's always going to be on the other side yeah. of that coin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> did I did I nail that? I, you, yeah, <laughs> you, you're beating me to a lot of these punches here. <laughs> Both of you are. Uh, Listen, we woke up before you. We're just oh, right. Yeah. I'm on, you know, I'm on, I mean, out of coffee. I'm on cup number two, actually. So we're good. Uh, uh. <laughs> so, so we mentioned that you're president. What what drove you to want to be part of ADGA as being president? Um, you know, in many community Dire- committees, oh, director and president. Um, and mm-hmm. so, so I love ADGA. I love goats. I mean, that's kind of, that's, right. I guess if I had to say, you know, in a nutshell. So, you know, I started out as a committee chair back in the ni- in the 2000s. Um, I chaired the mm-hmm. back then AI committee, which is now reproductive technology. Um, you know, I, I just started actually just want to be a member of a committee. So, you know, I, I thought AI was something back in the 80s and 90s I was really passionate about. So I wanted to be part of that committee. And then I got frustrated because I wasn't very happy with the committee chair on communication. Mm-hmm. So um, back in 2009-ish, I reached out to Linda Campbell, who was the at the time president, and expressed my concern with you know the direction the committee was going and the lack of communication. And you know, if there was ever an opportunity mm-hmm. to be chair, I would love that opportunity. 
And she graciously, graciously um, granted me that role and allowed me to be chair. And then from that, it kind of really got me thinking about ADG in general. So um, I ran for director and I lost my first my first time. <laughs> um, my, the second time I ran, I, I got on and basically I wanted to communicate. I, I felt that we needed to have more communication with the members. And that's something I've always tried to be cognizant of and be aware of and make sure that I'm doing. And, you know, I'm not perfect by any means. And, you know, there are probably sometimes I could communicate more than I do, but I, I always have tried to do the best I could in sharing what's going on in the association. Mm-hmm. And then after being on the board for, for many years, um, I thought, well, you know what, I think I want to try to be on the executive committee. And I, you know, put my name in the hat for that. Um, so it's just kind of mm-hmm. been progression over the years. And it's just always, you know, I want what's best for ADGA. I want to see, I want to see ADGA to be here in the next hundred years. I think that's very important. You know, yeah. as, as a youth growing up in association, you know, these goats played such an important part of my childhood. And I want other children to have that opportunity. For sure. And I think as far as like communication goes with the registry and all, all that stuff, uh, I think convention's a great uh, highlight to what everybody does. Because ninety what ninety eight percent is voluntary work as far as the association goes, and the convention with with the board of directors meeting and everything kind of highlights everything to see. Okay, this is what goes on behind closed yeah. doors, right? Yeah, and uh, it's always so, surprised me though how many members do not take the advantage of listening to the board meeting. And I'll 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 admit I was guilty of that when I was first you know in ADGA. I probably didn't even start voting. Mm-hmm in director elections until I was in my late twenties, early thirties. Um, so I just never really got into politics of it early on, but you can learn so much by just popping your head in and listening to what's happening in your association. Um, and even, you know, it was nice that, you know, this year, obviously we had the, the zoom meeting for the board and it was, people could log in and watch it. And that was kind of an exciting time to see how many people were actually taking advantage of that. Um, well, see, yeah. see, for me, it was exciting to be able to see it. Um, as you've mentioned and been mentioned before, it's, it's, I know that not many people go into the meetings. And in, historically, I mean, back when my father was a director, you didn't go in unless you were being Oh, yeah. It used to be, it was closed session back in the day. Yeah, so yeah. the fact that you're allowed to do that is, is really cool. And more people well, need to take advantage. Yeah, I mean, Mm-hmm. If if you ever have questions about how the the uh, association works, you really gotta uh, see that you know, watch it and listen to it. And right. the other thing, a lot of things get taken out of context unless you hear the wording from the person who spoke in it. And that's you know, to me, the power of watching it as a member. Um, it was. It's almost like watching our own, you know, politics. I hate saying it, but you need to know what's actually being said. You do, and you know, you also, as as a as a director, as as constituents who have voted for your directors, it's a good way to see that you know, as a director, you only have your one vote, your one vote in an entire board. So even if you feel passionately about something, you know, sometimes there's only so much you can do. You know, and it's in mm-hmm. anytime you vote on an issue in Adga. You know, half the people, half the membership are going to be thrilled. The other half are not going to be. Um, you can't, you can't please everybody. Right. But being able to watch it and really see how the process works, I think, is so beneficial. Right. Yeah. And as a new member, I definitely go back and look at, you know, notes from the convention and and the board meeting and and try to soak in as much as I can. And I get messages from people saying, how do you know all this stuff when regarding, you know, linear appraisal, what's going on there and all this other stuff. It's like, I watched the <laughs> meeting. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's like half the membership is up in arms on, on old news. And it's like, just watch the meeting and you'll understand what's going on in the registry. It's just, it's always mind boggling. Right? Oh yeah. 
<laughs> so what's your favorite part of being president of ADGA? Um, Direct limousine, <laughs> the security detail. <laughs> right? <laughs> the buck stops here taking accountability for every, every yeah. decision. Um, Our sign yeah. smells bad for some reason. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a challenging job. It really is. It's not, you know, as it is, yeah. my, my entire... Um, my entire vacation goes to association. It seems like with, with, you know, national shows and, and conventions and um, mid-year mm-hmm. meetings and all that. I like just knowing that I'm there to help people. And I have a lot of people reach out to me and mm-hmm. I, you know, that's just kind of my personality is I want to help people. I want to be nice. I want to be the one that can, you know, try to help them find an answer and may not be the answer they want to hear, but at least, find some resolution so i think that's probably right my favorite part yeah yeah for sure i mean you didn't know me from joe down the street and i i've messaged you regarding issues before um and and you were open arms about everything so i think that's a really good quality to have as somebody that's uh Kind of, I guess, the face of. Well, I'd say Shirley McKenzie is the face of uh, that guy. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> he, well, that's for that's for sure. Well, somebody's got to step in her shoes. Yes, she she's is. Retired, yeah, she so. is. Yeah. What? When is? When <laughs> is or was her last day? Well, she was supposed to be retiring at, you know, now actually. I would she, say I thought she, it was like Jan- January first. Yeah, so. she agreed to stay on um, until we hire a. Um, new executive director, which we're in the process of looking at um, headhunter mm-hmm. sites, you know, evaluating them, making sure we find the right um, company to help us find an executive director. Right. And she's agreed, mm-hmm. to, agreed to stay and help until that happens. Which That's is awesome. That's yeah. awesome. She's now, an amazing, amazing woman. The, the yes, other thing is. I think uh, uh, members should be doing is reading their, their quarterly reports. Did I see? I, I saw that on the quarterly reports that you have two names down for program performance programs. Is that just somebody temporary, or well, do Penny, we have somebody in? Penny in office has been helping Lisa Shepard for for quite a few years. Um, so mm-hmm. we do not currently have a, a new PPM hired. We've been doing interviews, um, and that interviewing okay. process is is continuing. It's so we've not made a decision yet. Okay, okay, but the I I know that's another tough situate tough position to be filling for just because that's a tough. I I my mind is like I have trouble wrapping around everything Lisa must have been doing. Oh yeah, and she's so phenomenal at it. I mean, those are going to be some really big shoes to fill. Um, you know, yes, not only just sure. dealing with the programs, but also, you know, managing the appraisers. You have that whole people management part of that puzzle as well. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Young Sire Development List came out the other day. And, uh, or was it yesterday? I can't remember now. Uh, but I remember uh, sent an email to Lisa thinking, oh, she'll get, she'll see it on Monday. Oh, yeah, I, I think she works nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, Mike, it's 8 o'clock on a Saturday night. What, are, what is she doing? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, she's great. I love her. She's awesome. Um, so, Ag is obviously something that's kind of unique as far as registries go. Uh, and especially for goats, you know, there are other registries. But what makes... What makes Adga kind of unique compared to the. Well, one, the I think our, our performance programs, you know, our linear appraisal, you know, is mm-hmm. our, our appraisers are so highly trained and such amazing asset to the association. Um, that's a no-brainer top bar for me. Um, you know, the just the the history of the association. You know, the I don't know. I could go on. You know, Adga's just offers so much yeah. more than other registries, in my opinion. And I'm a diehard ADGA fan, so um, I couldn't see yeah. anything that another association could offer that would even rival anything close to what ADGA can. Well, I've I've come across members that have been miffed with ADGA, not with ADGA, but as situations that are not in ADGA's control. 
as far as maybe say DNA issues or something like that. And they get mad because they don't get the answers that right. they're looking for. And then they, I, I blatantly say, well, if you don't like what the registry is doing for you, why don't you go to AGS or something like that? And it's always no, no. And, and it's mm-hmm. the performance programs. I mean, there's nothing like it. This is something that you see with dairy cows as far as linear appraisal goes, right? right? Uh, and and honestly, it's it's information that is vital to certain breeds. Right. In fact, Agreed. all of the breeds. If if you need if you need to go to a buck that throws great rumps, you have yeah. the website genetics. You know, add good genetics to look at. And yep, we, we as breeders have so and... much information at our fingertips that you do not have in other associations. Oh my gosh. Um, just to help us no. with our, you know, so we can make decisions for betterment of the breed that we're raising. Mm-hmm. Right, and and the thing is, membership dues and do you know being part of linear appraisal? Honestly, no, our dues are very lot. very affordable. You know, we you, you look at yeah. other other goat registries um, and other livestock registries. We we mm-hmm. hands down have some of the most affordable rates. Yeah. And I mean, there's people like uh, Ben Massimore who have a uh, working Holstein dairy and he takes part in all of these performance programs as well for his cows. And I know that's got to be expensive. And then you look for dairy goats and the prices with Adga and it's, I'm sorry, but even if you have a dairy, I don't see how these prices can really hurt you too, too bad. Uh, if you have a couple decent goats to right. sell some kids, it'll cover it. <laughs> so it's uh, I see I see some some people getting upset with that. And it's like, well, it's not really bad at all. <laughs> now I have a small herd, so what do I know, right? Maybe if I have thirty or forty, then I'll go. Ooh, ouch. Yeah, but you know, you, it's still it's still if you look at what you get for that money, it's still very much worth it. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so we, we, touched, I was going to say, go ahead, we Nick. also just a moment ago, just touched on uh, the DNA thing. Um, I think earlier in the week, uh, we, we'd kind of discussed about the, the, the situation with the Nigerians um, with the DNA question. And I, I've been kind of watching it and seeing it. And I'm not going to touch on that topic specifically other than i i've been watching it in curiosity actually kind of as a you know 2023 is coming Mm -hmm. and we're going to all be dna sending in dna on our bucket um the situation just for the listeners if there's a, a buck who dna was sending on and uh his sire turned out not to be a sire, but now no one really, I mean, they have ideas of who the sire is, but that sire is no longer alive, so they can't just pluck a hair off him. They've got to find a way to DNA type by getting progeny who might be alive. Um, I'm kind of watching this whole thing where people are going to be sending in, you know, thousands of bucks you know, trying to get DNA typed. And we're going to have errors where that sire, that box sire is not who you say it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know a lot of people are thinking, what's Adga going to do? I don't expect Adga to actually do anything, but it, it, are we going to like say, you know, this is the steps you need to take? Yeah, and gonna- they, they do that now. I'm, you know, when you submit DNA, if, if there's, if, if it's not matching, Lisa is phenomenal, and the new whoever the new PPM is, that will be their job as well, um, to reach out and kind of help mm-hmm. walk the, the owner through the process of trying to find out who other potential sires are. You know, it's not like they say, you know, mm-hmm. sorry, it doesn't match, we're pulling your papers, that's the end of it. You know, we really try to make sure that we're helping the member determine, you know, what the other possibilities are. But I'll be frank, there will be, you know, if, if it doesn't match and there's no other possibility, you know, in the case of your standard breeds, they pull those papers and that, that 
Hannibal could be a grade or could be, you know, experimental. Um, right. And unfortunately, you know, Nigerians have a closed herd book. So right. And we all know we all know right. what that means. Yeah, and I right. Yeah. So it's a, uh, it's such. It just it just proves that people really need to be thoughtful and diligent when they're filling out registrations, um, and not be uh, not willy nilly about it. You know, really, if you have questions on, oh, this buck got out, maybe it's yeah. time to DNA certain dams just to make sure that. Agree, well, agree, and you know, I think it's important know? to look at. You know, I I try to. At one point, you know, my herd has changed over the years. Well, at one point, my entire herd was DNA typed. I just wanted to make sure I have that information. Um, I, I was going to say, do you, mm -hmm. you know, how much DNA typing do you do with your herd? So I always make sure my bucks are typed. Um, I've had, yep. you know, the two, the mm -hmm. new two does with Taffy have not had typed yet. Um, but I try to make sure my does are typed as well. And I have a small herd, so it's fairly, it's not too intensive. Um Whereas if you had, you know, 150 animals, that might get more expensive. But it comes down to integrity. You know, right. I, I think it's important that the names on those registration papers mean something. And exactly. that we as a registry right. have the integrity to know that we stand behind what's on those papers. And that's, that's one, of, one of the first things in, you know, you read the Adgar rule book. You know, that's kind of the one of the first things in the Adgar rule book that they discuss. <laughs> And the mission of our ADGA is, you know, the integrity of the registration. Yeah, and that's utmost, I think that's, you know, I, I, I don't want to downplay how devastating it might be for people to find out. And I know it is, you know, I've had friends oh, yeah, who have yeah. purchased animals and found out later that they weren't who they thought they were. And, you know, that's that's really unfortunate. And I would hope that more breeders are doing the right and ethical things. And, you know, now that they... Mm -hmm. I, I, I like to think that all breeders are ethical. So I think that's that's important to state. Yeah. But if mistakes happen, I hope that people are doing the right thing. Yeah. John, did you yeah. get pop one there? 100%. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, don't drink, I don't drink coffee, uh, so I'm getting my caffeine. It's, uh, hey, it's, it's way too early right? for Trust me, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I'm so nervous. I got to cut the nerves. You're nervous. I'm the one that should be nervous. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> we're just a couple of guys. <laughs> um, so we were talking about Guernseys and, and all that stuff. Uh, and with that stuff... Uh, the new system is supposed to be launching some point yeah, so, this month. Uh, are we? We, are we, we like to hope so. Caseflow, okay, so the the company that's <laughs> you know redoing the the Ross NG, um, they've given us January twenty fifth as a go live mm -hmm. deadline, and they're they're confident that they will meet mm -hmm. that deadline. So we're working hard. The executive committee is working hard with the IM committee to make sure that we can meet those deliverables. Um, to have something so awesome. you know that's that's what we're planning on you know it's software and you know the adga staff starts actually testing um doing in-depth testing next week so that'll give us a really good heads up of where we are and with that launch would because for anybody that doesn't know uh guernseys are going to be yes. added into the registry so with that launch would we expect to be able to look up pedigrees on genetic, or well, not on genetics, because it's all going to be well, on one site, right? Uh, currently, Adga Genetics is, is it's it's a it's kind of owned by Gene Dershowitz and in partnership with Adga, so it's not completely mm -hmm. the same package. Um, so the idea is by January twenty fifth, we can start bringing currencies into the database and registering currencies. That's the that's the idea. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So they won't be preloaded, but they'll be yes added in. And the way I understand it, the, the Guernsey gotcha. Association has their own, you know, they their database. That, you're yeah. right. They've got and their that, own that should database. be incorporated in. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, cool. So if that happens, we'll be able so, to so go into add your genetics and play with these things the way we do with the. Sables and the Overhazlers and the Sonnens and the Togs. 
hopefully. Yeah. Right. So Gene's third part, I'll call it third party because growing up video games, that's what I knew. Uh, so Gene's third party uh, site will still be third party on, on a separate, you know, still at craggoodgenetics.org. For the time being, yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure I got that right. I didn't want it to launch. <laughs> Where'd I go? Wait a minute. No, as of, as of right What's now, we're going to change. <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, so we mentioned that the Guernseys are going to be moving in and, you know, Sables have been brought in. Are, there's... I can't imagine, but there's not any other sort of breed out there that I should be going hmm about, right? That's uh, that's about all she wrote for for breeds being added into the race. Yeah, for now. Right? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you know, my my thought is, how does the dairy goat registry? We're in the business of registering dairy goats, so any new breed coming in, mm-hmm. why not? I mean, you know, that's what we do, so let's do it. Yeah. Right. So. I just can't wait to see those Guernseys in the ring because they're so different and they're, they don't have to be, be shaved, shaved at all. Completely actually. down. It's, you know, to be shown. Well, technically, right. no breed yeah. has to be shaved to be shown. <laughs> you know, to be honest, I've seen many, many sure. full haired Toggenbergs go best in show in my lifetime. Um, and actually, Guernseys are showing. We, so here in Idaho, we, at our fair, we have them. It's not obviously an official show, but we, they have the Guernseys come and show first mm-hmm. before the official Adga show starts. Um, so yeah, we get to see them mm-hmm. in the ring every year. It's kind of cool. They're very, very competitive animals. How, I mean, the ones I've seen some phenomenal mammary systems on some Guernsey does. Oh my goodness. Those yes, that's uh, what I was treasured sunrise does. Oh my. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so they're, uh, they're quite pretty. And even their ugly ones, I'm like, that's still really pretty. Now, now, I got a question, though. Okay, <laughs> I mean, so generally at shows, we don't show horned animals. No, you cannot show horned animals. Now, a no. lot of the pictures I'm seeing of the Guernsey box are these really beautiful, and now I'll call them beautiful. They're really beautiful sets of horn that come off mm-hmm. these animals. The pictures of these boxes are like kind of iconic. Um, are the Guernseys going to be required to be disbutted as well? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. If you yeah. want, to, if you want to break them in the ring. Yeah. Yep. Well, not, not and not everybody, yeah. is, and not and not everybody allows their Guernsey bucks to have horns. So what, I've not seen a horn Guernsey buck. Mm-hmm. I've seen one here in Idaho. The rest have all been disbutted. Okay. You know, again, with any with any go breeder, mm-hmm. it's your it's up to you if you choose to have a disbutted or horned herd. I know I know herds that have all horn mm-hmm. registered animals that just never show them. So Yeah. Yeah. And there's actually pulled Guernseys out there. I've been uh I've been doing a lot of research lately. <laughs> but um so I've just mentioned Nate doesn't show bucks, but uh what does your show schedule look like in a non COVID um, year? Just because of time, I tend to more show locally. So, you know, a couple spring shows. Um I just don't have a lot of time, unfortunately. My my day job is pretty demanding. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I was just gonna say we mm-hmm. didn't ask way back at the beginning. What is your day job? I see. So I, I work at Micron Technology, which is a semiconductor manufacturer. I've been there for thirty two years. My my current job has been a senior analyst in global quality, dealing with customer requirements. But I just accepted a position as a um, employee resource group manager in our diversity, equality, and inclusion department, which okay, yeah, I'm pretty excited about. It's kind of a passion that, of mine. That, that well, and that, that works. That's the sort of job where you know it, it works well. Your experience there, kind of with working with people. I mean, that yeah. really sounds like what you you're doing. You work with people with that job, and then you work here. You are with the president of Adka, and you're working with people helping solve problems. And I, uh, to me, that's just how I see that. If, am I right? Is there a similarity there? I think so. Yeah, you know, I, I'm using my my people skills a little bit different way. 
um, in my day job. But it all comes down to trying to deliver a product, trying to deliver a final, you know, um, answer to people. And, you know, it's not always good news. And sometimes you have to look at how you can word that so it you're making everyone happy. <laughs> So yes, I think I think regardless of my day job or yeah. ACA, people skills are a pretty important thing to have. Yeah, for sure. I think that's with anybody in life. Uh, it's definitely, and I feel like that's lost on a lot of people. Uh, you don't see as many people, as much people skills with this new technology era as there used to be. But um, honestly, I think that if there was somebody to have as quote unquote, as I said earlier, the face of the uh, registry, it's definitely somebody like yourself who is approachable and open and able to have a conversation without feeling like, you know, the person's talking down to, to agree. Yeah. The member. And it's, you know, it's, it's really a good quality to have. Uh, One of my other favorite qualities that I've seen recently, and I'm wondering uh, are we going to see a different uh, phase of yours as far as <laughs> hair goes? I think are we going to keep seeing blue? I, am or... keep, I like the blue. I'm keeping the blue. I yeah, like blue. so those who haven't seen me in a while, I, I, I dyed my hair blue. Um, so, and beard, yeah, which I kind of shaved the side, so it's more of a goatee now. Um, and that actually had a lot to do with my day job because the company I work for has always been very conservative. Um, and very kind of a good old boy, Mm -hmm. you know, there were, it needed to fit in a box, which I don't always fit in a box. Um, so when I've been working with the, the DEI team and our new vice president, you know, I, I mentioned that, yeah, I've always thought about, you know, doing something wild with my hair, but I never would because of work. And she's like, well, why wouldn't you? Of course you should. And, you know, just kind of allowing me to have that freedom to express myself, I think is kind of cool. That's awesome. That is so are we going to see blue at national show or can we look forward to something? You know, so the only thing I was told by my husband is no pink. He won't let me, he doesn't want me to have pink hair. <laughs> what do I have pink? <laughs> so men wear pink. I, I have yeah. no problem. I like pink. I actually, I've worn many a pink boa at convention. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, Nate bought a buck that was laden with pink. Oh yeah. Uh, Sparkles from from brandy, yeah, yeah. From brandy probably. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. I remember yeah. seeing that. <laughs> I mean, uh, what I re- <laughs> everybody. I think what I remember great. the most is she joined Carol's, you know, face when she saw it as reaction. Vanessa turned him around right in front of her. Yep. <laughs> that was that was classic. Yeah, I uh. I've always said to my wife, because I'm starting to get pretty gray up top and in the beard, and I said, you know, first national show, maybe I should do uh, the Hilaire Von Turquoise. You know what? It's just 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 hair. Don't grow back. Just dye it. If you don't like it, cut it off. Right. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I wear a hat at work, so. Exactly. You know. We we had a quick funny story. We have a guy at work that, uh, he's an older guy, and one day he took off his hat and he had like the, his hair was growing out, but he had bleached his hair. And we're like, when did you do this? And it was just a funny story where it's, it, you have oh, yeah. no idea what's hiding underneath the hat. <laughs> so now we, we always do a hat check with him just to see if he's changed it. <laughs> so um, now you've, you've dabbled with the spotlight sale kids, right? One of your two. Yeah. Um, the spotlight yeah. Sale um, kid, if I remember. So I, I bought the, well, I have, actually I have two. I have a small cell buck and I have a doe from, buck and doe both from Clissy. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. And do you always keep an eye out on of what's course. going on in the spotlight sale? I mean, well, it seems like Clissy's kind of got the who's who with Sables. I see him all over, uh, you know, her buck kids all over the Young Sire development list every time. Uh, so I was just curious. Well, if that's I wouldn't like say it's kind I would, of your go-to. I would say it's my go-to. Or if you like look outside, even when I had Nigerians, you know, I, I purchased both a small mm-hmm. Nigerian in Buffalo, New York, and then I bought a Colorama Nigerian. Um, so I think those are always good ways okay. to look at 
you know, opportunities to bring genetics that you don't necessarily get to see in your own backyard. So I think it's kind of a cool, a cool way of seeing what's out there. Mm-hmm. And again, sure. you know, it, I, it, and to be honest, now, you... I did not purchase my two <clears throat> sables. That was my husband's mm-hmm. job. And I didn't even know about it at the time of the purchase until my name was called as the winner. So <laughs> I did not know. You didn't Either know. Did not have a clue. Really? Wow. It was. Well, it it, it was be because for the shot. Nigerian dough, I was actually a spotter. <laughs> and I was. Oh, really? No, it was a buck. Sorry. It was the Joseph. I was a spotter and I was taking bids from buyers and then they announced my name. So I was like, that's kind of awkward because I didn't even know I was bidding on it. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> that's good. Was that still what it was? Like, or was it cocktail? Yeah, even, even cocktail over there's plenty of champagne. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm i looking forward to oh, uh, me too. Syracuse Convention yep. and, and Harrisburg National Show. That's that's so going to be our kind of first. You're not planning on going to Arizona for a convention this year? No. That's a beautiful <laughs> resort. I no. mean, my it is. my husband did the site visit, and he went on and on and on about how amazing the the facility is. So, hey, I I would I would love to, but I don't think my daughter would travel well <laughs> for that long of a flight. <laughs> that's always I think that's every parent's fear when they have a young child is is getting on an yeah. airplane and hoping they sleep and, and not turn into. <laughs> that baby on the plane that everybody just hates. <laughs> so, so I think, I think that's a little bit far this year. I, and I did, I did want to try to get to Louisville, but with COVID, it's just like, uh, no, I, just, I understand. I, I so. can't do it. <laughs> no, are you going to, to Louisville? It's me. Yeah. I, I'm chair. I better be there. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, with the goat. <laughs> uh, no, I, I will not say, be showing like, as chair. I, I won't be in the ring. <laughs> okay. I'm the one that's hiring the judges. I think that's kind of a conflict. Uh, yeah, minor. Well, I was going to say, I think, so So every year that you're, um, you're well, you're chair. So I, I co-chaired, um, I co-chaired for Wisconsin. I co-chaired for Redmond, and I would have been co-chair last year if we would have had a show. So that's that's three years not being able to be in the ring with your animals. Does that, do you think that deters some people from, from wanting to support the registry and be you know, a chair for the show or, or, or just be any other part of the registry? Um, you know, it probably depends on the person. Wise. It probably depends also if the show's in their backyard, the year that they would want to be chair, you know? So mm-hmm. I, it's hard to, hard to give that an answer, I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's for sure. that's difficult, and and thank you for being the chair. You know, it's uh, it's a lot to take on. It is. You know, I'm 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 really fortunate. You know, Deb Mackey is my is my assistant this year, um, and she's amazing and you know just a workhorse. So, you know, without without Deb's help, it would be much more challenging. And then you know, last last in Redmond working with Chris <laughs> Owen again just a phenomenal person to be working with. So that makes it much better when you have a good solid team. And then the committee, you know, hands down work, very good work ethic and amazing people. So it takes a village, definitely. So how many, how many committees are you? Well, as president, I'm ex officio on every committee. So I am on all committee correspondence. Um, Just as a member, Um, I've been on IT committee. I am committee for years. Um, Genetic advancement, um, reproductive technologies. I've been on, oh boy, a national show, um, annual meeting, annual meeting long range. I chaired annual meeting, co-chaired with Steve Considine. I've I've chaired long range in the past. Um, So quite a few. So how how are you finding your time for all this? Because I'm kind of <laughs> tired just thinking about everything. Because you have you have a normal and I'm a sure and I'm a forage leader on top of that. And, and then, oh sweet, <laughs> yeah. So I you know I'm just some people play golf. Some people you know take weekends off to the mountains. This is what I do. Yeah. So yeah, 
Yeah. I, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I I can definitely commiserate with that. I pretty much live and breed, breathe, not breed. Live oh, and breed. breed. There you go. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, I, I'm very fortunate that my my yeah. my husband's very supportive of everything I do in Adga, and you know, I think without a supportive spouse, it maybe would make it more challenging. So. Yeah, you still have a little matches, right? Do not. All I have now is the the sables and my token Nubian. Nope. Oh wow. You know, What's I just playing with that Nubian. Oh no. Are you gonna no, she'll be sable? She, well, okay, she she was a gift or? from my friend Kim. Okay. Um so actually, so mm-hmm. the story is what the so Selma died um on my birthday. My fi- my fiftieth birthday, Selma died. Mm-hmm. So that later that day, one of Kim's does, who was one of my favorite does, kitted with twin does. And so Kim gave me one of the doe kids kind of as a condolence. And oh, then wow. neither That's of us awesome. liked the way she freshened her. She looked. So Perfect. we she ended up replacing her with the new I have this year. So okay, same breeding. Same same damn different sire. Okay. Um, but yeah. So. Okay. And Selma was your heart goat, basically. Uh, we we mentioned on this show yeah. a lot that everybody has that heart goat that e- even if they didn't show well, they would still yeah. be in your herd because you care for them that much. Losing, um, losing Selma was reading your post. She is, and losing Selma was just really, seems like really difficult right. for me. She was kind of an amazing doe. Um, you know, I have I have lots of oil paintings and and buckram pottery made of her. So, um, oh wow, yeah. Well, yeah. And you also yeah. have that ornament that oh, you yeah, gifted the, the this felt, year. The felted one, yeah. Which yeah, yeah, I was, was gorgeous. When I saw that, I was, it kind of made me a little teary. You know, I think everyone has, you know, those one or two yeah, animals sure. that and, come along and you just get to be amazed that you were part of their life. Um, yeah. And Selma was after me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And... Nate, you mentioned your uh, oil paintings. And oh, Nate really? Is actually kind of. I believe you have an Oval Hadley one. I have actually two. I have a. I have an original oil by Regina Selbritsky, a smaller one, and then I have a, a print, a signed print, numbered print. Right. I believe was on the wall behind you during the. Yeah. The so it's the, the head and the two does. The, yes. Yeah, I actually, I won that in a, in a convention raffle. Uh, I, I that was I I think was that Texas or was that Boise? It might have been the first Boise convention. It's been a while. Like I can't really remember. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember. I remember seeing it back <laughs> when it was being advertised, being like, "Wow!" And then like, you know, won it. And I think I actually, you know, tried getting someone to put my name on, in on it, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, <laughs> so basically, Nate's mad at you, and you're lucky he hasn't attacked you with questions. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm trying to be nice. Just trying to do most of it. You know, actually, I do have uh, questions that I'm sure people are, are wondering. <laughs> so we have these two t- task force. We have the uh, you know voting online task force, and we have um, the linear appraisal task force. Mm-hmm. And in a couple weeks, less than less than a couple weeks. They're gonna send their report. Well, the, the linear is that was that was the, the linear. Linear, yeah the the board yeah. wanted uh, an update by I want yeah so yeah. January twenty fifth they're they're working hard on that the I will say the mm-hmm. online voting task force they've been they've been working hard as well going through the guidebook looking it's going to take a constitu- constitutional change which of course will yeah. require a vote from the membership mm-hmm. so they're they're looking at guidebook language and running that through CBL Constitution Bylaws Committee for their yep. approval and then they're looking at different platforms for online voting to determine okay. which platform would be the best. I think um, that would be actually. I we're we're hoping else. that we can get it for this year. Hoping, I mean, it what awesome. the constitutional really? vote will be what takes the longest getting that through the membership. Um, but if we can get it done, if you know, if, if we can't, it'll be next year. But it's not going to be years and years down the road. I mean, that's something we're pushing for. So we're hoping for this yeah, year. Okay. 
the board want the board wants it for this year, so let's put it that way. Oh, cool. It needs yeah. to happen. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. it's it's now, yeah, it's something that yeah. should be definitely now, with, upgraded. <laughs> right. I think you'll yeah, get more that people voting for it too. I think you get more people, you know, being involved, kind of like with the Zoom meeting. You had more people watching. I think because it was in the living room or right, it's convenient. It was convenient. Um, I know a lot of people, you know, complain about, you know, oops, you know, I, I sent my ballot in and I just found the interior ballot, you know, envelope on my desk, you know, so that means my vote's not going to count, you know, sort of thing. Or there's things where I think if you vote online, there's specific steps and the end you'd get a confirmation your vote has been cast. A lot should be a lot more convenient, a lot mm-hmm. more consistent. Yeah. A lot less steps. <laughs> yeah, it'll be cool. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so with the <laughs> LA yeah. task force, after they send you the report, you know, this month, then what? So then we'll look at what, well, when we need to see what the committee recommends as far as, you know, you know, a, mm-hmm. meeting the appraiser needs. And then looking at, you know, we, what, once we get that, and then that information goes back to the appraisers and the board, if the board approves it, you know, we need to determine which appraisers are willing to work in the field um, right. in COVID, <laughs> you know, right. and once we know who wants to work and who's mm-hmm. willing to work, then we have to look at how we can make that feasible. So right. there's a lot of, there's still a lot of questions. I mean, I would love to say, yeah, we're going to have appraisal for everybody. Um, well, we're and- wanting appraisal. We just need to make sure that we... Yeah. <laughs> one we have appraisers who want to be in the field and that we can keep keep them safe so i'm sure you know yeah. if i had to look in the crystal ball going forward the appraisal it might look a little different you know we may have to limit you know how many people can be at a stop you know instead of having you know a party we invite 30 friends to come watch it may need to be more scaled down you know we just need to make sure we can do things safely mm-hmm. yeah yeah that makes sense yeah, it's going to be a, it's it's a weird time in the history of right. this nation, it is. let alone this registry. So I think people just need to be a little bit more lenient with something like this because this is unprecedented. And, you know, the ultimate goal isn't to so cancel something. The ultimate goal is to make sure people are safe. And, you know, it's nobody wants to see anything canceled. Right. You know, canceling everything last year was not an easy decision. And it's not something that the board took lightly. And it wasn't a decision that the executive committee took lightly. You know, it took a lot okay. of thought, um, knowing how disappointed a lot of people would be. So obviously we don't want to do that again. But we right. still have to look at how we can do this and make sure that, you know, everyone is safe and everyone can, you know, God forbid, you know, if someone got sick and died, um, I personally would just, I would feel horrible. I, I don't want to see that happen. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> kind of lighten it up. Yeah, yeah. Bit Sorry, we wrap up. Going a bit Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Nate. Thanks, Nate. See, this is what happens when you have his, his painting. Tell you what, Nate, I'll will it to you. How's that? Uh, <laughs> oh, um, <great>. Awesome. What? <laughs> that's all he ever wanted uh so every everybody's breeding season is just about wrapped up and and everybody's mind is towards kidding season and getting those kids registered and getting them in the show ring what's uh what's your most exciting breeding this year that that really makes you go oh i am repeating a breeding this year to my my Talachi doe with Joseph, mm-hmm. um, had she had a buck and a doe last year. I sold both of them, and the doe is here. The doe kid's here in my area, and I've got to watch her. And dang, I wish there were some shows to go to. She's a nice little kid. <laughs> so I'm repeating that breeding for another doe. That's what I'm most excited for. Yeah, no, no, is it? I didn't say awesome. I know I've had situations. You know, John's got one of mine where it's I've. Yeah, it's more like I've feel like I'm farming her out to him, you know, you know, he, he's going to raise her and grow her and show her and hopefully make her do well. 
but at the same time, there's part of me that's like, me and I wish you'd back here. Is that kind of what you're? Um, how, how do you view having the sold an animal that you may may have wanted to hold on to? You know, if they're doing well for the buyer, I'm excited for them. I really am. Yeah. I love to see my animals do well in other herds. That means, I think, more to me than, you know, I, I, don't get me wrong. I want to win. I'm, I'm very competitive. Um, I like that blue room as much as everybody else. But <laughs> when you have an exciting doe that's mm-hmm. in another herd and it's kind of starting their passion for the breed, yeah, I think that is worth its waiting. I mean, I, that's what happened with me with my first, you know, with Shannon Lloyd and my first Sable. It was getting a nice kid and instilling that passion that got my passion started in Sable. So the herd that my little doe went to is it's their only Sable. And oh wow. I, I'm excited to see where that takes them. So I think as breeders we need to instill our passion, our breed in other people. Yeah. And the way to do that is to sell our nice animals. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you definitely don't want to be that breeder that's oh, yeah, just totally. selling yeah. foals that yeah. should have gone to auction, right? <laughs> so spreading the love isn't a bad thing. Yep. And plus, it has your herd name yes, attached it is. to that animal. I agree. So that's free, ad- that's free advertising. <laughs> so uh, I think that just about No, I've thrown in my, my Lunker Stone pen. And, uh, <laughs> 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 and hopefully we'll see... Uh, you know, Ken either at a national show here, well, you know, in a year or two or, or a convention. Um, definitely. Yeah, he'll, he'll definitely be there. So it just depends on you. Uh, well, no, I'm good. I'm good. Thank well, you for being a, on. It's been a pleasure uh, speaking with both of you. So right, thank well, you for asking me. Yeah, Ken, I, I really appreciate it. This has been an awesome one and i feel like it definitely not only answers the question to everybody in the registry of who you are because a lot of people may not know um it you know really puts a face to that so i really i really appreciate it all right well everybody this has been ringside an american dairy goat podcast i'm john that's nate y'all have a great day Mm -hmm.